Wow, well, welcome again. And a special welcome for those with Ugandan background this morning. Great to have you with us. Woo, big shout for Uganda. So good to have you with us. Uh, if I didn't say earlier, my name's Steve. I know many of you know that, but some of you maybe not. So it's always nice to have an introduction. Um, and uh, through uh, September, uh, as we're back in the house, um, we're going to do a little teaching series. We've entitled it, maybe you saw the, the slide earlier on the screen or on the TV screens as you came in. It's called Operation, the Amazing Body of Christ and how it works. The, the Church of Jesus Christ is not like any other organization on planet Earth. We are completely unique. Just nudge the person next to you. Tell them they're unique. Um, it's true. If you're socially distanced, and don't want to nudge, that's okay. You can, you can virtually nudge. Um, we're nothing like anything else. The Bible has a number of, of pictures or metaphors uh, uh, to describe the people of God, to describe the church. Um, we're called in some places an, an army. Uh, in other places, we're called the bride of Jesus. He's our bridegroom. We're called the family of God or the household of God. We're called the temple. Uh, we're being constructed into something where Jesus himself loves to dwell by his Holy Spirit. They all help us to understand different aspects of what it means to be God's people. But the most incredible picture or metaphor uh, of all is surely that we are the body of Christ and he is our head. Um, this, this four week, I think there's four Sundays in September, uh, this four week series as, as we come in from the garden, although hey, it's a beautiful day today, it'd be nice out there wouldn't it? Uh, as we come in from the garden, uh, all those Sundays we worshipped in the drizzle <laughs> with jumpers and blankets and now I'd need my sun cream. Um, these next four Sundays, as we watch the summer turn to autumn, we're going to look at the amazing body of Christ. We're going to kind of open things up and see what works and how things uh, happen and what matters. Um, and for those of you that, that know how we speak about discipleship here, we talk about discipleship working in three directions, the way we grow up as followers of Jesus, up, in, and out. This week uh, will help us lift our heads upwards in worship of Jesus. Next week and the week after, we'll look at how the body of Christ works inwardly, how we care for one another, have a, a deep love and an interdependence and a serving. And then the last week, we'll look at how the body of Christ functions as a sent out people, his body in the world, his hands, his feet, his caring, his healing, how we carry his kingdom forward. That's exciting, isn't it? Thank you. It is, yeah. And uh, I, I think... Uh, I've felt a pressure as we come back inside, only of my own making, to kind of uh, whip up some kind of church is back uh, series. This is not a church is back series. As I was thinking and praying about things as we talk as a team, we, we recognize the church of Jesus Christ has never been away over the last 18 months. Let me hear an amen to that, please. We've discovered through the lockdown periods, haven't we, that we've still been the body of Christ. We, we may not have had at times many of our structures, many of our familiar ways around us. We've gone through all kinds of transitions over the last 18 months but we've remained and grown as, remarkably, by the grace of God, as the body of Christ. And we've said 
prophetically we felt it a year ago. When, when we do get back to normal, whatever that means, we're not just going to get busy doing all the things we did before again. But we're learning to be his body together. We're learning what's important, what matters most as God's people. Um, whether we're gathered together like this or, or, as we've learned more and more, when we've been scattered, keeping his mission at the center. So, body of Christ today. And first things first, as the body of Jesus, it's just worth saying that we are celebrating something today that we already are. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Paul declares, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Um, we are declared already to be his body. That's just worth noting before we go on to look at the head of the body, Jesus, today. We're not becoming the body. It's not that after a year or so of discipleship together, maybe we begin to become the body of Christ. No, you are the body of Christ, Paul says. Look around, take a look. With all our imperfections, with all our inadequacies, with all our sin and our failures at times, somehow God has made it so in his plan, and the stage has moved, so I've got to be careful. It's different to how it used to be. I'm going to go off. Somehow God and his amazing plan has made it so that an imperfect people like us are declared to be his body. That's extraordinary, isn't it? You'd think he'd have worked a bit more on us before he declared us to be such a people. And yet he says, no, you're my body. Now you are the body of Christ. Of course, we're growing into it. If you're sending your kids back to school this, uh, maybe tomorrow, there's probably going to be all those Instagram uh, and Facebook photos of your children like we used to have with ours where they're wearing a blazer where the, the cuffs come down over their fingers and, and, and the trousers have been turned up about three feet um, and the backpack's so big you think if they go over backwards, there'll be like a tortoise on his back, they'll never get up again. Uh, maybe you're going to put those kinds of photos up tomorrow, parents, and you'll think, hey, I've, I've bought them something that belongs to them, it's their identity, but are they going to grow into it over the next few months, probably the next few weeks, uh, I would imagine. Ephesians 4.15 says, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head. So we are learning to grow into what it means to be the body of Christ. There's some growing up to do. That's what discipleship is all about. We are growing into the body of Christ. But we are, don't miss this this morning, we are the body of Christ. Um, so today on week one, let's start at the top. Let's start with the head. He is the head. Turn with me to Colossians uh, 1, Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. And uh, Paul's writing to encourage them. We don't think Paul planted this church when he was in Ephesus, um, Acts 19. Paul preached every day, bless you, in the temple courts, uh, in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. People came from all over the region. Probably a man called Epaphras heard what Paul was teaching, went back to Colossae later, church planting foundation. This church in, in Colossae was planted. I'm just going to pick up uh, these verses in Verse 15, uh, on the supremacy of Jesus Christ. In fact, let me just read from verse 13. Uh, speaking of Jesus, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Remember, we're talking about Jesus here. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him. Okay, just checking in with me. I know we've come inside now, but you remember the rules? Uh, we're awake. We're reading the scriptures. In him, 
Tell me, what's the phrase? All things, yeah, all things. Have you noticed that phrase coming over and over? Verse 17, in him all things hold together and he's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him, Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And he's speaking of us. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the hope, the gospel that you heard. And this has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Wow, what an incredible passage about Jesus Christ. Most people think it was an early hymn that was sung by the church uh, in worship of Jesus. In some of our Bible translations, it kind of sets it out like it's poetry uh, rather than just text, depending on your, on your Bible translation. I know many of us, people like me that have grown up in Sunday school, learn this is a memory passage about Jesus. or We've sung it in various, to various tunes and songs over the years. It's great to memorize scripture. Jesus is the head. It's all about Jesus. He's in charge. He directs. That's what the head does, doesn't it? Um, We are his. We're here to worship him. It's from this dependency on the head, Jesus, that the whole body works. And so we're just going to work through these verses for a few minutes before we pray together uh, and look at his headship. And I think it's supposed to lift our heads to him in awe and in worship uh, and in wonder. Wow. Verse 15 tells us that he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Um, Jesus perfectly shows us God. It's, sometimes that can be quite difficult language to understand, can't it? Jesus perfectly shows us God. He is the image of the invisible God, the God that we can't see. Uh, John 1.18, John says, no one has ever seen God, but Jesus has made him known. Um, Jesus said in John 14, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. Why, you want to know what God's like? We look at Jesus in the pages of the scripture. Friends, there are so many false ideas, so many false teachers today with other paths, with other shortcuts. We're talking about our discipleship pathways. There are all kinds of pathways that are open to you to help yourself grow as a person, to promise spiritual life. But Jesus is the only way to God. He, the only way to see God, the only way to know God, the only way to come to God is through Jesus Christ, our head. Can I hear an amen to that, please? Um, in this church, we're only ever going to lift up Jesus. We're not going to direct you to any other pathway. Uh, we are going to very happily just speak over and over about Jesus Christ above every other above every other philosophy idea a cultural issue it's all about Jesus wow and he's the firstborn over all creation verse 15 tells us again that's that could be strange language on the face of it in our kind of English translations of the Bible it doesn't mean Jesus was part of creation um, let there be light let there be Jesus you know the voice from heaven back in Genesis no that's not what it's saying here at all 
um, but that he is over creation, as creation's head. We're going to talk in a minute about him being head of the church, but he's the head of all creation. Um, Father, Son, and Spirit have always been. They have always lived. They have always eternally, forever been existent, the Bible teaches us. Um, Jesus, um, what it's teaching us here is that Jesus as the head, I guess in the, in the Greek Roman culture that Paul's writing to here, he's like a firstborn son in that culture. He's saying that Jesus has all the rights, he has all the inheritance, he has all the privilege, he's going to get everything under his feet one day. Um, and, and so that's who Jesus is as the firstborn over all creation. Verse 16 says, for by him all things were created. Jesus created everything. Uh, wow, that's an amazing thought, isn't it? And again, if you think, well, Jesus was created, then he, he can't have created everything. But no, Jesus was there. John tells us, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was Jesus. Jesus was the one that spoke creation into being. Jesus is not created. He is the creator. Um, there have been all kinds of heresies that have got their thinking twisted and distorted over the years because they've thought, well, maybe Jesus was a work of God that came later. We would call that a heresy. That would be something that a, a cult would believe or would teach. Um, in the early hundreds years of the churches, they began writing creeds to help Christians remain true to Orthodox faith. The Nicene Creed was written to counteract the heresy uh, of uh, Arianism that said, oh no, Jesus is he's very special, but he's just a work of creation. No, no, we declare, and the Nicene Creed took its language, and still churches today use it all over the world, took its language from this passage in Colossians. Jesus is not created. All things were created by him. Uh, and uh, yeah, all things, everything, not just the physical, the, the, the stuff you can see and feel and hear, uh, hear around you, but the, the spiritual, all things, authority structures that govern our lives, all things. It's all the handiwork. It all came out of the command of Jesus Christ. And even better than that, verse 16 tells us all things were created by him and for him. Say, it's for you, Jesus. That's what we say. It's all for you. He didn't just create everything. That would be amazing enough. But it was created for him. All of this creation exists. And we've sung some of these themes this morning. It all exists to give Jesus glory. That's why it's here. Wow. And even though, and we still see it, that some of the powers of this world are still in rebellion to Jesus, Jesus still remains the head and the Lord over everything. And he is reconciling everything to himself. And one day it will be seen to be fully under his feet. And we'll be able to say everything is worshipping Jesus. That's what we're going to. That's the view of the world that we have as disciples when we recognize that Jesus is the head. Even when some things in the world seem out of control. Jesus is the head and he holds everything together. In fact, I'm going on to verse 17 there. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Whoa. Uh, Danny was reading from uh, Hebrews earlier. Hebrews chapter 1 tells us of Jesus. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. Whoa. We get so occupied with our own lives, don't we? There's, there's a man in heaven right now who upholds the universe <laughs> by the word of his power. It's just incredible. Uh, he's the first. He's the preeminent one. He holds everything together. It all centers around him. Just as the, as, as, uh, the earth moves around the orbit of the sun, 
or I observed yesterday at the wedding that, that we, we, we took with, uh, with Andy and Viv, how the photographers have an orbit around the bride. <laughs> so everything in the entire cosmos orbits around Jesus Christ. He's the bright, shining, shining sun of the whole of creation. And without Jesus, everything else would just fall apart straight away. Wow. So we're, we're cosmological this morning, but let's come into verse 18. What about the church of Jesus Christ? And he is the head of the body, the church. Okay, wow. So we've got the head of the entire universe, but of course he is rightly also the head of the body of his people, the church of Jesus Christ. We move from creation and cosmos and this kind of, this macro to the church of Jesus, God's chosen people. We who have been born again, people like you and me. We've, we've got the new creation uh, that we've spoken about, that one day Jesus will fully bring under his feet. And we are at the center of his new creation. Those who are being born again into his people, becoming his body. I think this is extraordinary, that the God who's the head of the great creation for, for his glory is specifically and deliberately our head too as his body. Friends, do you realize that the church, ordinary churches like us of Jesus Christ are right at the center of God's plans for the universe. Isn't that amazing? We can look through telescopes in wonder at the far-flung stars in space, but Jesus has his eye. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's for my glory, but my eye is on my church, on my people. Wow. We have all kinds of thoughts about the inadequacies of our church. I, I do, and I'm a pastor. Um, and our Western culture out there, increasingly cynical and secular, may say more and more that we are irrelevant and out of date. But we have a worldview as disciples informed by the scriptures where Jesus Christ declares us to be his body and right at the heart of his plan to one day make everything new and right in the entire universe. Hallelujah. Wow. And he's the beginning, verse 18 tells us, the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. We said some all things earlier. There's some everythings in this passage as well. I hope you get the message. It's all his. It all belongs to him. He really is the, the head. Jesus has always been alive. Jesus is the source of everything as our head. He's the, the one who came from heaven to earth. He took on human flesh. He lived lives like we did. Again, in Hebrews, it says he was tempted in every way and yet was without sin. He was the firstborn from among the dead. He was the first to go down into the grave, to be raised to life, to ascend into heaven. He, he's, he leads the way, if you like, for all those who are born anew again into Jesus Christ. He says, this journey that I've been on through my sinless sacrifice is the journey that, that everyone who's in my body will one day go on. In that way, he's the beginning. He's the firstborn from among the dead. If you know the Old Testament story and the parallels, like Moses, who strided through the wilderness, leading God's people towards the promised land, pointing us towards Jesus, the supreme head who's leading his people, who's leading his church out of captivity, out of the wilderness, making a way for us to follow through sin, through death, and into eternal life. Wow. Let's keep worshipping our head, Jesus. Look at verse 19. We'll just go through a few more verses and then we'll respond and pray together. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus. Just think about that phrase for a moment. All the fullness of God is in Jesus. 
Jesus is fully God. Hebrews says he is the exact representation of his being. Hebrews 1.3 says Jesus is the radiance of the Father's glory. Jesus is shining bright with the fullness of God's glory. In the Old Testament stories, before Jesus took on flesh and came to live amongst us, God showed his glory in the fire, the bush with Moses that didn't burn, the pillar of fire that they followed through the wilderness, the tent of meeting where the fire of God's presence came down, the, the temple, Solomon's temple where the fire came down, or the mountaintop with Elijah and the prophets of Baal, and the fire came down upon the sacrifice. Now we see these were just momentary glimpses that point us towards the true, full glory that is somehow held in the person of Jesus Christ, the radiance of the Father's glory. Peter, James and John just saw something of it and it took their breath away. They went up the mountain with Jesus. They thought they were just going to a prayer meeting. Oh, Jesus is praying again. This will be nice. Up the mountain they go. Jesus is transfigured before their eyes. What does that mean? Just for a few moments, a little while, he began to shine bright with something of the fullness of the Father's glory. It was so amazing. His clothes were bright. His skin was shining. They, they thought they saw some of the Old Testament patriarchs appearing with them and they said, whoa, we've got to build some shelters here and stay here because heaven's come down to earth. They Just for a few moments, they saw Jesus as he really is. Stephen, as he was being stoned, about to be killed in Acts, he looked up into heaven. He saw a vision of an open heaven. He saw Jesus in his glory, a glorious Jesus. This glory is in Jesus. And because he's the head, uh, it's shared with his body. How can it not be? Um, one of the other metaphors or pictures we just mentioned at the beginning is a construction metaphor of the church where we're described, Ephesians 2.22, as Jesus being the cornerstone uh, from which the building takes its straight lines and us being the temple. It says we grow up into the Lord and, and he, uh, it, we become together a dwelling place for God's spirit, for his Glory, his glory comes into the church in the way the glory fell on the temple. Now his glory comes into this living temple or the body uh, as we're talking about today. Wow, Jesus is so glorious. All the fullness of God is in him. No wonder the glory that is in the head, Jesus, cannot just be contained in him, but must shine in and through his people, the, the body. If the head is so glorious, isn't it true? Are you persuaded from the scriptures this morning that we, the body, are also supposed to be filled with and demonstrating his glory? That, that's you and me. Again, if you just want to wake up the person next to you and say, you are glorious, then that, you're allowed to say that from the scriptures. Well done. Verse 20, and through Jesus. Yeah, you're glorious. You're full of the glory. If you're a follower of Jesus today, if you're part of a body, he, he fills us with the fullness of Christ. And through Jesus, verse 20, all things will be reconciled to him. Here we go. Everything, everywhere, one day, when Jesus comes back, will be put right by this man, Jesus. I don't know if you're like me and you find yourself watching the news or aware of things in and around your life saying, wow, God, everything seems so out of control in my life and in the world right now. Is it just me that thinks that way? Or I know many of you think that too. Wow, these scriptures are such an encouragement to us. God has a plan. 
This body has a head. He knows what he's doing for, through in and through his church. It's amazing. He is, this glorious work is reconciling all things to him himself, bringing everything, even creation, back into right relationship with God. What's even more amazing is that, as these verses teach us, this happens through the death of Jesus. It's not like the Roman world where the getting things in order came through the Roman strength and the Roman sword, that kind of Roman peace. This is not the peace. This is a subversive kind of peace that Paul's writing about here to people that were living in the Roman Empire. This head of the body is about to give up his life. This is how he's going to reconcile all things. All things are put right because there's one that came from glory and humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. Wow. This is the gospel that the exalted king of all glory should lay that aside to be stretched out on a cross and to give himself up for our sins so that you and I and all of creation one day can be brought back into relationship with God. Peace with God. That's what the next verse goes on to tell us. Not only creation, but sinful men and women. Look at that in verse 21. Um, Once you were alienated, me too, from God, because you were enemies in your minds through your evil behavior. But now, wow. Thank you, Lord. We live on the side of the but now. We, we live this side of the cross. We, we've been reconciled through Christ's physical body. Have you got that again? Wow, this leads me to worship. This glorious head we've been speaking about has given himself up for, for us so that he can have this glorious body, the church, in order that he can present us to his Father Without blemish. We're so aware of our blemishes. Jesus says, no, I'm making you glorious. I've made you glorious. Wow. He's done it through his death. He didn't, he didn't, um, uh, he, he ref- he, those of us who refused his headship, to use that Bible language, we were alienated, separated from, from God. Uh, enemies in our minds. It's strong words, aren't they? We were fighting against him. And not just in our minds, but in our actions. Maybe some of us live lives. Maybe some are still today that are watching with us or are here in this room. You know in your life, you're living a life that is against God's best for you. Wow. Well, Jesus Christ, Jesus the head changes all of this. He brings us in to a relationship of peace. His death puts all things right and, and brings us into this, this peace treaty with, with God. Wow. And that, verse 21 and 22 says, and that includes us, we who were once far apart. Just these simple little phrases, but they are so glorious. They're so rich. We were once far away, once enemies of God. Can you imagine being an enemy of God? That's what we were. But now we are right with him. We're in relationship with him. We're holy and blameless. We're part of his body. Wow. Our generation makes church about many things. Um, but, but friends, at the start of this September, um, and as church life opens up, and for some maybe feels that we get back to normal, let's not miss this dependency on our head, the Lord Jesus Christ. We, what's this brief study this morning reminded us, or maybe taught us for the first time? We can't exist without him. <laughs> we're, we're, just as a head is made for a body and a body is made for a, a head, we're made for him to connect into his life. And we're part of his purpose for planet Earth. I don't know how we can have missed this so often. Well, I, people like me, pastors like me, I'm just 
busy trying to get church back to normal. No, we're the body of Christ. We're made for so much more than this. We're the body working with the head of all things. Amazing things are happening in the world in and through the body of Christ as we submit to our head, Jesus. We're going to pray in a moment. Nathan, Hannah, come and help us. Just think for a moment again. We started with these, some of those other pictures or metaphors uh, about what it means to be the people of God. And just think again how they remind us, just as the head, uh, the body is dependent on the head, uh, about our source and our dependency. Head and body, vine and branches. Do you remember that one from the scriptures? Which is the dependent? Which is the source? Shepherd and sheep. <laughs> Which is the dependent? <laughs> Bride and bridegroom. Or maybe the building metaphors we've talked about, the, the, the cornerstone, the temple being brought to life by the indwelling of the Spirit. Church, remember, we're his body. We cannot exist outside of him. We, we can't work on our own. How, how dare we even think that we might have a program for church that is outside of the plan and purpose of Jesus, our head, uh, for us as his body. We exist in him and for him, and through him. And our highest goal is to be worshippers of him, and to enjoy and delight in him, and in our union with him, and in his life and fullness flowing into us. Everything else comes from that. Uh, the danger of a series like this, that we just start playing, guys. Beautiful. The danger of a series like this, um, it might prompt me to stop in a moment if you do, uh, which is always a good thing. The danger of a series like this, as we begin to talk about how the body of Christ works and the kind of functions is we can quickly focus on the things that we do. They're important. But this passage, it's right we start here, demonstrates our primary call as his body is as dependent, happy worshippers. Do you want to be a dependent, happy worshipper? I, I know I do. Of course there's stuff for us to do. Of course there are rotors to sign up and a, a family to serve. And we'll, we'll come soon to that and to our response. But we start with contemplating this majestic, beautiful, awesome wonder that is our head, Jesus Christ. And out of that place of worship, the action of the body flows. Why don't you stand with me? How are we responding? Well, we're going to worship. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe there are just one or two here today. I don't know your hearts that would say, I'm not yet under the headship of Jesus. Perhaps you've, you've been watching on YouTube. You've stayed this long. Well done. Thank you. Maybe you're just catching us at the end. Maybe you know, I've never given my life to Jesus fully. How do we come into the headship of Jesus? I've been outside. I've been rebelling in my mind and in my behavior. <laughs> Sounds like we need a head transplant, doesn't it? Yeah, we, well, we do, actually. You can't get those on the NHS just yet, as far as I'm aware. But how do we do it? It's here in the text. He died for us. His blood on the cross gives us peace with God. Maybe you've come from another nation where you've come through a form of religion um, where you've not fully given your life to Jesus Christ, where you've not fully repented of your sins, where you've relied on others, priests, intermediaries, icons to do that work for you. Why don't you just lift your hands with me? We can all do this this morning, even if you've already followed Christ. Lord Jesus, we give up our control. Lord, thank you that you've died for our sins. We, we uh, repent of our sin and we come into this new life in you. We die with you, we're raised with you. Thank you, Jesus. The scriptures tell us that all we need to do to become your body and to come under your headship is to repent, to believe, to be baptized and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Would you help some to take that step this morning? May there be some here in this room and online
who get born again into peace and reconciliation with God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. If you've taken that step this morning, please come and find me in a few moments. Or again, if you're not in the room, but you're watching with us live, please send us a message straight away. Do it right now. Uh, We want to help you take your next steps towards baptism uh, and following Jesus properly. For the rest of us, sometimes as a preacher, we're saying, Lord, what's the application from this passage? Well, we don't have to look hard for it here because in the verses we finish with, from verse 23, Paul gives us our application. He says, disciples, keep going. Continue steadfastly. Don't shift in this faith that's rooted in Christ and His gospel. The word for shifting is the same word that our kids' church team used last week when we were talking about the house built on the sand. Don't be like that, Paul says. Continue in this faith. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we want to keep close to you as our head. We want your life in us. Forgive us where we've got sidetracked by our culture, by sin. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Lord, forgive us where we've allowed the world to be our head or to turn our head. Jesus, we declare we don't want to shift from knowing and being established in you as our head. It's you that we cling to. It's you that we connect to this morning. If there's been any wandering or shifting in our lives, we just come and stand again and take hold of you again this morning. Lord, that's our application. And from it, Lord, would you just receive our worship afresh. Hallelujah.